Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the 100 Series Everyday Awesome Podcast. I am Juwan Arrington, and uh, if this is your first time tuning in, what we're doing is we're going a little bit more in-depth from what you've probably seen on the Facebook and on the Instagram posts here, rather than just limiting to one paragraph, two paragraphs. We're going to go a little bit more in-depth with our guests here. We're going to pick their brain, talk about who they are what they're doing, what their origin story is, if you will, and uh, hopefully come away with a few tips to help you uh, get out there, achieve your goals, and be awesome yourself, which probably already are awesome, so this is just going to make you even more awesome. And today, I am uh, very blessed to have a good buddy of mine, Aubrey Barnes, in the house. Aubrey, how you doing, sir? Yeah, I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on this. I love being able to like do stuff on podcasts and just be able to talk about just anything. So thanks, man. I appreciate it. No problem, man. No problem. And I brought you on here because you are doing a lot here in the Quad Cities, our community. You're doing a lot of cool things. You're working with a lot of cool people. So uh, just go ahead and give everyone just a little bit of your background, who you are, and uh, how you came up. Yeah, so I grew up in uh, here, the Quad Cities, like Rock Island, Illinois. That's my, my stomping grounds, my home like my place of upbringing and everything. Um, uh, what I grew, what I do in the community now, um, in the Quad Cities community, is I do stuff as a spoken word artist. Uh, that's my first and foremost thing that I do. I'm a creative in that. Um, I've been able to like make a career out of it, uh, a career that continues to grow m- more and more. So that's always awesome being able to do art as a career and do what you love. So uh, that's one of the things I do. I also write books. I've uh, written two poetry books in the last two years, uh, one each year. The first one was unfinished. Uh, that was the name of it. It wasn't li- like literally unfinished, <laughs> but that was the name. And the second one was I'm Not Anti-Love, I Swear. And it just have been books that are just a accumulation of like my poetic work and all that. And um, those books have been able to like make it to like universities and like be in their like records that they're going to have at their school forever and ever for years and years to come, even when I'm like long and gone. So that's always a really cool like opportunity to kind of leave that like little stamp. But um, I did stuff like that as an author. I also uh, uh, do a lot of podcasting. Uh, I run a, a co-host a podcast with my buddy Brandon called the O to the Underdog podcast. That's been the longest project I've been a part of podcast wise. I'd say like about two, two and a half years now. Well, maybe a little bit more than that, maybe three. But um, that's one of the podcasts. The other podcast is the Black Thoughts Podcast, which is a visual podcast that you uh, will catch on YouTube. Black Thoughts Podcast is like the name of it and all that. Um, but that's a project that I started recently this last year. Um, but it's been uh, something that I've been in dialogue with, with my video guy for the last like two years before we put it out. Um, and it just, uh, it's, it's a podcast where we talk about like hard issues, uh, or issues that aren't really d- delve into as much as they should be t- in order to have like authentic, transformative, like conversation, whether that be about like religion and it's kind of like inclus- inclusivity that is ignored by like black communities or uh, mental health was uh, obviously like a really hot thing right now with, um, how much is coming to be a thing that affects people. Um, we just have real conversations about things of that sort. Um, so that's another thing that I do. And the last thing I'll mention that I do now is like kind of a recent venture that I've uh, kind of taken on. But it, it was kind of like soon to come with like what, with kind of like my influences with poetry being battle rap and rap. I'm uh, I just got really involved in like doing stuff as an MC, um, rap wise. Where um, I'm coming out with two uh, projects this 
beginning of the year and have been just doing collabs with the other artists as of now and stuff so just being in that realm of like doing like rap with poetry has been pretty cool too and i've been able to like grab some great shows paying gigs off of it so that's gonna yield a pretty good like a a path to travel along with everything I do, but yeah, it's a little brief thing of uh, everything I do. <laughs> all right, all right. And uh, one thing I thought was really cool is that the first time that I kind of met you was that uh, you were actually it was in the Rock Island Library. I was doing a Q and A session for a book that I just uh, released a couple years ago. It was the book based off one of my earlier projects, Hundred Shades," and I had that published into a book. And I held the Q and A session down at the Rock Island Library, and uh, you were you were one of the people in attendance in there. So I thought that was really cool that you were that you were uh, that in tune with the arts community. Kind of talk about you know, how you keep your keep your ears open for things like that going on here in the Quad Cities. Yeah, well, um, I just tell people like you just gotta. I mean, I think I'm kind of lucky, uh, blessed if you you'll call it that, um, to kind of like know the people that I know who are just like crucial parts to the uh, growth of the art community you know like uh like the roommates that i stay with now they're all involved in our community in some in some way shape or form or have been in some like critical form so um just for me i'm kind of blessed of like being able to know these people but being able to find these people like it just took me just getting out there like being able to ask questions being able to ask what's going on in rock island what's going on in moline and um just being around the right people and um supporting the right people and just um kind of being all the more just kind of um cognizant of like what they're doing what they have going on like constantly like just always being on facebook always checking out like things that are going on um that was just like my key into really being a part of the art community so like i just tell people all the time like if you want to be a part of it you just have to like really just get out there when you meet those right people and they give you the right plugs to like what's going on here 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 or there go to them and you'll like kind of see these uh gems that are kind of like hidden under uh kind of the gravel that is the quad cities you know and who have been some of like the people in the arts community, if you will, that you've collabed with the most and have been able to really, you know, foster good relationships with to help grow the arts community here in the area? Yeah, I think I'll definitely uh, I definitely want to mention like people who have been like great influences who um, I've collabed with and not not enough not like I should be collabing with them way more and people who have like been a really pivotal part of the uh, Quad City arts community growth um, that aren't really mentioned. One of them right off top is my my guy, Chris Britton, who um, honestly brought the spoken word poetry scene to the Quad Cities, but did in such a low-key kind of subtle way with um, kind of mentoring youth, teaching them poetry, teaching them how to like perform, teaching them like all these skills, English, literature, public speaking, if you will, really. Um, he's been doing that for years, like years and years and years, like I'd say like more than a decade. So if it wasn't for that guy, honestly, I would not be doing what I'm doing now. <laughs> he's a guy who definitely influenced me. And we definitely um, have collabed on a bunch of stuff in the past. We actually have one little project in the works right now. But that's one guy that I always have to mention, like when it comes to like people who influenced me and people who I've collabed with. Another person definitely, too, was um, my roommate, uh, Beach Dillard as well who started uh, the new group society that was um a showcase a movement that we had for the last like three three and a half years in the quad cities like that movement was amazing like that's honestly what's making the art scene right now 
with what's going on East Moline with Eastside Sounds, my guys over there, what's going on here, Graveyard, what's going on with myself, with my roommates. Like, if it wasn't for New Groove, we wouldn't be in the place that we are right now with, like, people noticing and seeing what's going on and seeing how dope this, like, underground music creative scene is and how much potential that we have to, like, do whatever we choose to do. So uh, Beach Dillard, him starting that New Groove Society was a pivotal part in, like, influencing me and um, obviously we had constant collab because I was like the one kind of like uh, helping him with new group. But those are a couple guys that um, who I have to mention for sure, like with their influence. But as far as collaboration goes, I do every I do a lot of stuff with a lot of people, man. Like you know, <laughs> I try to keep myself very uh, very available. I do a lot of stuff with the the East Side crew over there with my guy Taj, uh, Jordan XO, Sons of Mars, to rock with them heavy. Uh, Cats over here, I also do stuff with, and I'm gonna have stuff in the works with too. Uh, Doe, Dolo, uh, PB Dutch, uh, Fineo, cats like that. So, um, collaboration wise, I, I've, I've been able to get pretty broad with um, what I do collaboration wise, you know, <laughs> from people who do trap rap stuff, from people who do um, stuff within the community, um, like as community support. So, it's kind of dope to kind of have that like range of like having all these different influences around me, you know. You know? And uh, for, um, People who aren't necessarily in the arts community, how are you kind of communicating your your message or your work to them to kind of draw them in and let them know that, hey, you know, because I, I know that there are a lot of people out right here. The kind of thing is that, you know, there's not anything to do in the, in the Quad Cities, which obviously is not true. There's tons of things to do. So so how are how are how are you helping to get the word out that, hey, you know, we have all these awesome people out here, you know, doing music, doing poetry, spoken word, you know, photography, modeling, you know, how are you helping to, to let people know that there are so many good opportunities here of entertainment here in the Quad Cities? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, for me, uh, it's just kind of being, for me, it's been a means of just challenging myself of being around people who don't look like me or people who don't like have the same values as me too. And it's something that I'm still, um, learning to kind of master if you want to call it that. Um, with the fact that, like, the place that I work at now, like, I work as a paraeducator during the day um, at a school in East Moline, and I don't talk about anything I do art-wise at school. Like, I don't think anybody knows that I'm involved in art. I think one person does because they saw an interview that I did online, but I was like, oh, that wasn't me. That was somebody else. So, like, I still, it's something I'm still mastering, but, like, for me, um, just getting the community connected to the creatives um, kind of took me just being in different spaces where the community is that the creatives are not, you know. So, like, being involved in schools, doing, like, being somebody who's a workshop teacher, which is something else I do as well. I forgot to mention, like, I do stuff with, like, teaching poetry in the schools, like, wherever I get booked, wherever I have, like, events and stuff like that. So, um, being involved with, like, people in the schools, telling them what's going on, telling them, allowing them to know these great things, like, it's brought people out to events, connected to creatives in a way that they never like would have thought if I would never was willing to go into schools and like offer my services as a creative arts teacher, workshop instructor and and all that. So just for me, um, connecting the creative to the community kind of calls for kind of a, almost like if you will, kind of a sacrifice to ego, I think for me, cause like 
as artists, um, we kind of have this tendency, and it's a, it's an understandable tendency where we 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 want to establish to people that we are above them for some reason. Like we're like we are the greatest. Nobody's touching us. You guys look up to us. We look down on you. We don't share the same spaces. We aren't juxtaposed and all that, which I get. But in that same breath, like what you're doing is kind of like shutting out like beautiful moments of a narrative that can like form something that was could never be formed you know so for me like it's kind of took me of like take thinking of myself as an artist or whatever n- taking that and not having that be my identity like I'm not an artist I'm just somebody who happens to do art so like I'm still a person just like the person who works at the schools just like the person who works at the bank just like the person who works here here there so like kind of like taking that part of ego out of me has kind of like been what it's kind of called for me to kind of like be able to do the work of connecting to connecting community to creative of just like not thinking of myself higher than anybody. It's like, no, I just do this as a specific line of work. And this line of work just so happens to be a very, um, a line of work that depends on having people around depends on community. So with that considered, I can't say I'm a peer year and I'm here and now we're all on the same level. And I need to say, Hey, I need your help over here. Like check out this on Spotify, check out this show, check out that show. Cause that's going to help both of us you know so yeah that's kind of been a challenge for me and i can totally relate to that i know especially with with what i do with all my different projects so like i'm pulling from just about everywhere i'm pulling from people you know at, at my job or i'm pulling from people from yeah. the gym or from you know this show that I, I was at or that show that i was at and kind of you know introducing them into the arts that way and then you know they see other people and what they're doing and it kind of becomes more of a more of a combined synergy if you will yeah. and and i and I, I think it's beautiful just seeing that and like just seeing their different posts from like there was like a show at the renwick a few yeah. a few weeks ago and just it seeing some cool. and seeing my friends um who aren't really in the arts community you know supporting there or with the rust belt that's going on and just seeing you know just you know, with Sean Moeller, with everything that he's doing over there and really bringing artists in and really getting people more involved in the arts community there. So I think it's a, it's a beautiful thing that's happening right now mm-hmm. and seeing people just support, supporting yeah. the arts and really strengthening it, strengthening it more now mm-hmm. uh, in 2019 going into, into 2020 than I've seen probably living here my whole life, yeah. you know, it's stronger now than it's ever been. Ever, yeah. It's like that's what I keep. One of my homies, actually, who's a who's an artist out in uh, Montana right now, who moved from here, was just telling me the other day um, how like the Quad Cities from like how he's been seeing it from a distance. Like he's been noticing like how like him being involved with music as long as he has been before he moved to Montana. He's like, like it seems like the Quad Cities really beginning to like recognize like artists and creatives on a level that I've never witnessed when I was there. I'm like, yeah, like it really is happening. Like this is like a pivotal part in history right now. I think like as the Quad Cities, like that people, like I think people now who are getting it, like have the opportunity and kind of like, kind of like the privilege and the honor of just kind of like joining in this piece of history that's kind of becoming like with the, with the art community and all that. So it's really cool to be able to see like how like there's people doing stuff in East Moline, there's creators in East Moline doing stuff, there's creators in Davenport doing stuff, there's creators in Rock Island and here, here and they're doing stuff and like all those people being involved with each other and helping elevate each other, like it's beautiful. Like that that's how like our communities grow. That's how they start. So like being able to see that start here 
that's never been a thing is like crazy. It's like this is literally history in the making. Like we're making history right now. You know, even with this podcast, it being a piece of art, like this is like something that's being made that like the Quad Cities has never seen or felt or like experienced. It's crazy. I love yeah. it. And I was having this conversation with someone else is that people you know, our age, our, it's really our generation now that's really investing in this community here. Yeah, like, exactly. you know, and, you know, especially now with social media, technology and all that's also playing a huge factor. But really it's, you know, people of our age who are investing more and are staying here in the Quad Cities to, you know, to, uh, you know, grow the community, grow the arts community. And, you know, to have made those opportunities available for people like Rust Belt, like ES Sounds, like here at the Graveyard Studios Underground Economy, mm-hmm. and seeing people who are, one, choosing to stay, and yeah. two, choosing to make the community better at the same time. So I think that's really, you know, you know showing, like, how, how important this is to people. Exactly. That, you know, they don't want to just go off to... You know, another city to try to you know grow there, but they're staying here and they're 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 providing the things that are in those bigger cities that are in like a Chicago or you know Kansas City, St. Louis, Los Angeles, and they're making them available here for people so that they don't have to go to those places. They can stay right here and they can you know pursue their careers, their dreams, goals, and ambitions without having to you know you know shell out you know all the money that it would take to make a big move like that. And I think it's you know great that people are making those opportunities ready and available. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's, I mean, that's, that's how, I mean, that's how, the, yeah. Extending those opportunities is just how, like, communities grow, you know. Like, I don't think, like, if, if I didn't have the opportunity extended to me six years ago to, like, do stuff at Open Mic, and then that leading to this, and then if I didn't extend opportunities to, like, a lot of my friends who are from Des Moines, a lot of my friends who are from Iowa City to come here, perform, do their craft, teach classes and all that, and then them taking back what they got from the Quad Cities and in turn, like, support the Quad Cities from a distance and all that. Like, just giving those, just think, allotting those opportunities, man. Like, that's how you make things grow. And I think that's what Quad, I think that's what Quad Cities is starting to understand. Like, I really kind of praise RME for, like, what they have kind of been doing with, like, extending opportunities to myself and underground economy of just like partnering with us with like events where we book the creatives like we have the power to book the creatives ourselves like them partnering with us and giving us that opportunity in turn will give us kind of like a bigger crowd of people who are like oh this is crazy we never this we never witnessed here this here in the quad cities like we always thought rme was this thing by itself and that was the only music thing and them giving us that opportunity in turn kind of gives us more of like continuing our narrative through other people, you know, and all that. So always giving those opportunities, sparing those opportunities is great. Like really great. Now I kind of want to switch gears a little bit and talk about uh, kind of a venture that you made earlier this year. You uh, decided to go on a, on a trip uh, out to Haiti, right? Yeah. 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 I, I went out to Haiti uh, for two weeks uh, early February, I think it was like February 5th to February 16th. Um, I had to leave earlier than I uh, anticipated just because a lot of like the protests that were going on at the time earlier this year, if you don't know the stuff politically happening there, it's definitely worth uh, checking into. Um, but they kind of were getting a little bit um, kind of crazy and um, kind of like um, into a place where like our well-being was kind of like at hand too. So we had a I had to take off a day early, but I got to take a pretty cool helicopter <laughs> over all of Haiti to uh, 
from one city to another, which was really cool. Just seeing the overview of Haiti was really cool. So that was really worth it. But um, yeah, I went down there because of my buddy Lee Rainbooth, who um, is the executive director, executive director of the Jack Mel Art Center. Definitely worth checking out as well too, and donating if you can. Um, they're doing a lot of great stuff down there. But um, my buddy grew up in Marcus, Iowa. Uh, graduated from Iowa State and then moved down to Haiti and he's been down there for over 10 years I think now living down there like actually living and like for that uh, just even that just knowing that is powerful because like a lot of us know like the the earthquakes and all that that happened in Haiti like and all that like years ago he stayed down there for that like he had opportunity to move and kind of get out and be safe but he decided to stay with them in the midst of that suffering to kind of show that he that he is with them through all that he's experienced that with with them and he's not wanting like to skip the hard stuff just because it's hard and just because it's a privilege to but stick through him with it so um he's really a part of like everything that's happening in haiti he really loves haiti but um he had me come down for two weeks to teach more classes some poetry workshops and doing some um collabing with some of the artists at the Jackmont Art Art Center, which are amazing, beautiful artists, they're they're amazing people. But um, and obviously, obviously, they kind of just sightsee too, because it's just an amazing piece of land Haiti is. But um, yeah, I went down there to teach uh, classes and all that. Um, I taught uh, seventh and eighth grade English, which is crazy because I mean I had to ironically it called, being called English, I had to have somebody translate my English to Creole so everybody understood. But um. That was a cool opportunity. It, it really brought back a lot of things for me, um, which I could talk about forever, I think. But um, just kind of being in, like, a different different place, like, that's completely different from the narrative that I grew up with. Being in a different place um, really uh, influenced me in the sense of seeing how they treat community, right? Like, Haiti uh, is like any other place, like, they have their dissonance, they have their, like, divisiveness, they have, like, qualms, they have, like, things of disagreements and all that, and political problems, obviously, like I brought up earlier, but um, the way they deal with them are way different than we we deal with them, like, they, um, there are issues, they go to those people that they have, they go to those people, those entities, organizations that they have issues with, or have issues with, like, what they're standing behind, and, like, they have dialogue about these things, they have dialogue and try to change it, Mutually, and I thought that was like really cool, and kind of seeing that aspect of community and how it was treated, and that was like really awesome for me to kind of like see and kind of be brought to this place of like the Quad Cities can be just like that. The Western culture that we grew up in can be just like that with what Haiti is like and how they treat things and community and all that. So it was an awesome experience. So there's a lot of stuff I could definitely talk about with that one for sure. Now um, you do a lot of poetry spoken words but you're also doing a transition into more tr- traditional rap uh what made you want to kind of switch it up and uh to, to tackle something new um i think for me uh like i was telling you i think uh off mic that um i think it was just a, it was a long time coming honestly i feel like because um i mean i've been writing poetry technically since i've been since i was 12 years old up until now like consistently since I was 12 years old up until now. I just, it's just a lot more like consistent nowadays and all that. But um, for me, a lot of my, my early poetry influences were from rap. It wasn't really ever from like um, poetry as we know it. You know, we think about maybe Edgar Allan Poe. We think about, um, 
insert your 18th century archaic writer. Dickinson. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, we we think about that when we think poetry, but like we don't understand like we know that part of poetry, but we don't know the other side of poetry of like the uh, the Gil Scott Herons of uh, the Last Poets, the uh, Nas, the Missy Elliotts, and all that. Like they're poets in in and of their own like way. So that was my early influence to poetry. Like rap was what I listened to that influenced what I wrote. Whether it was like stories, short stories, little things I wrote in my journal, all that was influenced by rap. Um, years later, I would say. Um, it was also heavily influenced by battle rap. So, like, having... And people can tell, like, with my writing tone and all that, I'm not a slam poet. I'm not a button poet or anything like that. I don't... Like, I, I would never really fit in those kind of spaces, but a lot of my stuff is heavily influenced by battle rap and rap. So, just having that influence of rap, I, I think it was just kind of like me becoming confident in my pen game and just, like, how I, my writing ability to be like, okay, I think I want to go into this full-fledged now. So, I think now it's just been the time of, like, okay... I'm confident in my writing skill. I'm confident in the what I, with the work I put in the last five years, just on writing by itself, everything acapella and like memorizing stuff acapella that I can jump in this uh, rap space. So it's it was it, it was uh, to come for sure. So just taking off with it this past July, with the help of my uh, homie King Supreme, who's produces like 100 percent of my beats. Um, it kind of just worked perfectly. Like he had beats. I had time to write, and I just kind of like did that, and was like, okay, I, I've written twenty, I've wrote twenty songs in the last month, so let's make a project or two or three. So that's how that kind of came about. Kind of came pretty organically, came came pretty fluently, and it's been yielding its um, it's 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 had its uh affirmations for sure. Like people have been rocking with it and all that. People who've like heard all my stuff and all that so far. So I'm really excited about this uh this venture artistically. It'll definitely connect me with uh creatives that I uh, acknowledge and honor the most uh, it'll give me a better place of connecting with them and collaborating with them so I'm excited for that for sure now let's um, before we uh, wrap things up here try to talk about some upcoming projects that you're working on going into 2020 yeah so um, the ones that I can mention um, I think off Mike we talked about this too uh, January 4th which is only in a couple a few weeks my first uh, official rap project will be dropping, and I call it official, even though I did rap for a little bit. Um, when I first started doing Spoken Word, it was it, it wasn't a project that was like 100% community, like or community uh, orchestrated. So with this one, having all community producers, rappers, mixers, masters, and all this, I call that my first official pro- project. But it's going to be dropping January 4th. Um, Sensei Syllables Part 1 and Part 2 They'll be dropping the same day and all that From two different producers um, King Supreme and Orlando Coolridge Produced the beats And then recorded a, all of it here at Graveyard Studios So that'll be dropping January 4th um, And continuing work with the Black Thoughts Podcast We're in a transition now with them um, Having different hosts and all that So I'm kind of like working with the hosts And kind of showing them how we do it and all that So we're definitely planning on putting a lot more Like thoughtful thought-provoking content um a lot of it in uh 2020 for sure and i'm helping out with the the starting of a music venue as well in rock island so those are a few of the projects like that i can mention right now like people can kind of follow my facebook or ig if they want to like know any other projects i work on or see any of that but those things i mentioned for now for sure and and how can people find you if they want to look you up you know, on information on your projects, latest shows, all that stuff. 
Yeah, I would say I'm, I'm kind of like a hard to reach person now. Like I literally like uh, a year ago, a year and a half ago, I shut off phone servers just to like make myself a lot more limited in like human interaction. So <laughs> I'd say like. Uh, What's your Instagram? Yeah, we'll go with that. Poet, yeah, Poetic Obs is uh, the Instagram. That's like probably the best place to kind of like reach me or just see what I'm doing or seeing what I'm up to, seeing like the shows that are going on and all that. So Poetic Obs on Instagram would be one. And Facebook, A-U-B-S, period at the end, is another place to also uh, kind of catch what I do and all that. So, yeah, those two mediums and you'll definitely be set. And uh, a lot of myself on Spotify as well and iTunes and all that too. All right, Ari. Well, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing everything here on the on the podcast. Definitely appreciate you, man. Yeah. No, thank you for having me again, man. Like I said, like I, I enjoy what you do and you're in your part of the community, so I'm just happy to be a, like a small part of this. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. No problem. Thank you so much. And everybody at home, thank you at home for listening to the to the 100 Series Everyday Awesome Podcast. We'll be back again next week with another amazing person sharing. So in the meantime, thank you all at home. And as always, I'll see you soon.